What's up, everybody? Caleb here with the Fish and Fuel podcast. I'm so glad that you decided to uh, tune in today. I've got a very good friend of mine, a special guest, somebody who definitely knows catfishing in my eyes, inside out, uh, Timothy London. Timothy, introduce yourself, kind of tell everybody uh, where you're from, what bodies of water that you normally fish, uh, a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, Timothy London, I've been... uh catfishing all my life i recently uh got into tournament fishing uh, about seven years ago um main main lake i fish Kerr lake lake gaston um recently started venturing out more you mm-hmm. know the yak and chain um james river santee cooper um hoping to get out west towards the tennessee river real soon yeah um but here on the East Coast, I mean, you've been all the way up and down at just about going to bodies of water from tidal reservoirs to lake reservoirs to, I mean, you name it. You, 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 you hop around some. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like the challenge of uh, something different, you know. That's right. And you, you've done really well, it, it, even uh, from just a recreational standpoint, just going out there and, and targeting uh, trophy catfish to, fishing tournaments in different locations, which why I thought, you know, Timothy would be a great guy to have on the podcast because you have a, a, a really good track record for being able to pinpoint and catch trophy catfish on different bodies of water. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely put the time in and the effort, you know, and that's mainly what it resorts back to, you know, time on the water. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's start talking. Let's get, let's get into some, uh, some questions, you know, I'm going to pretty much just ask you questions like I'm somebody who uh, could be a tournament angler or somebody just kind of starting out, you know, what's some of the things that I would like to know, or our listeners would might want to know that, uh, that you have found that work for you when you're out on the water. Um, as far as targeting uh, trophy catfish, you know, if you're pulling up at a new body of water, uh, let's say uh, Kerr Lake, that's home of the world record for anybody listening. Uh, you know, you're pulling up at the lake real quickly. You know, what are you normally looking for or what determines where you're going to fish on that lake and how you're going to fish, whether it's anchored, whether it's drifting. If I'm pulling up in my boat, what's some of the things that I need to be thinking about on how I'm going to target them that day? Uh, Biggest factor, of course, is is weather. You know, I always I'm a firm believer in looking at the weather, the pressure. Um, I go as far as when I'm in route to the lake. Yeah, I look at cows, deer movement. You look at cows. Yes. Tell us about that. That's interesting. Um, I've heard that before. Animals are are creatures. You know, you know they they do the same thing a lot. You know, they're they, they read get into their a pattern. Yes, they get into a pattern. Same way with fish. Um. If I'm on the way to the lake and I see cows up moving, feeding, you know, it don't always work out that way. But I've noticed 90% of the time cows are up moving active. Same way with deer. If they're real active. Yeah. You know, if you see a bunch of them on the side of the road on the way to the lake, most of the time you're going to have a good day on the water too. Really? You have seen that proved, you know, time and time again on the way to the lake. Absolutely. Yes. That is fascinating. That's awesome. That's really cool. But. I guess if you were traveling to the lake, 
he had a day off and the cows were sitting down you won't go turn around and go back home would you no i'm going to the lake yeah if i'm if i'm there if i'm on the way it, it, it don't matter what they're doing i'm gonna go regardless that is so cool so yeah go ahead and continue to tell so you're so you're looking at things before you ever even get there yes absolutely um and like i said the weather the weather plays a big factor um you know obviously colder months me personally i like to anchor down you know i'll i'll target specific area ledges deeper structure and um you know i'll find fish and i'll just i'll sit on them yeah um you know you said you know deeper ledges and stuff like that it's fascinating when i when i work with different anglers or i go in different parts of the country deep and shallow to some people is totally different you know it's it's funny i'll tell somebody yeah man we was catching them shallow you know and uh somebody be like yeah we was catching them shallow the other day in 25 foot and i'm like dude i'm talking about like two foot three foot when you're looking when you said in a lot of the colder months you target that those catfish you know on those deeper ledges how how deeper how deep do you normally look at um a big factor is you know the specific lake you're fishing Mm -hmm. uh curlate gets on up to 100 plus foot in some areas um deeper water to me 30 and deeper, you know, yeah. 30, 35, 40 foot, um, you know, get on that ledge. And, um, they like to transition suns out, you know, they'll come up on that in that shallow flat and chase bait around, um, right. Majority of the day. And then when it cools back off, you know, they'll just transition back down later in the evening. Yes. And, um, another big thing is birds. Um, I always watch your birds. If there's some around, you know, where's the bait at, you know, the birds follow the bait especially early in the mornings, late in the afternoons, um, mm-hmm. you'll see them. And most of the time you find, you find the bait, you know, you, you find the catfish. That's exactly right. So there's already a lot of things. If a guy's going to, you know, we go to the lake, we get excited. We got the tunes jamming. We're joking with who we're riding with. But once you start getting close, you can already start dialing in your technique for the day. You're looking at nature on the way as far as like cows and deer activity. You're looking at pressure um for uh, uh barometric pressure yes. um i know there's apps for that you've you're looking at when you're at the boat ramp if you see birds working yes in most all lakes and really a lot of rivers they've got that bridge that crosses over the body of water i guess when you're going over that's a good time to kind of see if there's birds kind of help you determine which direction yes um especially Kerr lake you know the big yeah. bridge in clarksville that's um, right you can get a good view both ways um, you know, and like I said, wintertime, you, you know, it's, it's hit or miss as far as, you know, where the fish may or may not be. Um, sometimes, you know, you catch them on a warm day, you know, you're going 30 up to, like you said, two, three, four foot of water. Right. Um, cooler days, overcast, you know, they might push a little bit deeper. Um, but you know, the general, general consensus is you find the birds, you know, you find the bait. Most of the time you're going to find active fish yeah yeah feeding yeah absolutely so i'm at the boat ramp i've kind of determined you know in my opinion you know based off your experiences how the activity might be as far as the fish bite just judging by what i've seen uh it seems to be you know some birds working or or you know or maybe not um when i put my my boat in the water uh 
do you look at anything with wind, you know, whether there's a ripple on the water, which direction the wind's blowing? Do you use wind at all as a, as a sign of, of what your approach might be? Yes. Um, I have like, I will look back a few days prior to see if the wind has been blowing the same direction. Um, and so you're looking for consistent wind direction. Absolutely. Cause you know, over a period of days, wind blowing the same direction, it'll push that bait to one side or the other side of the lake, you know, Absolutely depending. Right. And, um, most time, if you find the bait stacked up on one side, you know, fish follow, they follow suit a lot, you know, and, um, they will not be far behind wherever the bait is. Right. Right. So if you're, if you're looking at the map and you, I'm looking at my lake and, and I'm seeing where the wind has been blowing from the West a lot, you know, it's probably a good idea coming from the West. Um, it's, it's probably a good idea to look at that bank. That's the wind is hitting on the, on the other side, um, that it's blowing into. Absolutely. Um, a big, Santee is notorious for that. Um, Santee Cooper in South yes, Carolina. Absolutely. Uh, Lake Moultrie and Lake Marion. Um, Moultrie is like a big pond. It's just yeah. huge, wide. I believe it's 10 miles wide at some point, 11 or 12 miles long. Absolutely. But uh, it will blow, you know, a lot out of the north, um, especially in the wintertime, north, right. northwest. So, uh, you know, over a period of days, all that bait will push to the south side, you know, waves going across it just beats the south side of the lake and um you know over a period of days the bait will just pile up on that side of the lake man and uh if you get your pressure rising warmer days um you know good fishing weather i mean then fish will just they will be fired up on the on the whole other side of the lake you know that's something that's that's great and a lot of times you know that wind we know you know pushes plankton which is something that uh, the bait fish feed on and then the catfish and the other species are, are there feeding on them as well. You know, and it's one of them things, Timothy, that, that we as anglers, uh, it seems like, you know, sometimes we get stuck on, you know, well, let's turn the fish finder on and let's start looking. And that is important. And that's when you're, you have to get to the right location first before those types of tools will work for you. And Everything you've mentioned, I absolutely love it because we're talking about techniques that put guys in the right location because you can spend money on a $10,000 setup for electronics, but if you're not in the right location, they're not going to help you. You just went out there and just looked at your graph all day, but looking at wind and the direction like you're talking about, that's already putting you in the right place to catch trophy catfish. Absolutely. It'll put you in a general area and then that's when your depth finder comes into play. You know, mm -hmm. uh, common knowledge is the biggest denominator in fishing. Yep. Um, you know, common sense too. Um, if you find a technique and you know, it works, you know, if you know, the wind's been blowing that way, get, go to the opposite end and turn your depth finder on and start scanning. That's right. Most of the time you'll see what you, you know, you'll get a general area or idea or you'll see what you like, you know, if you use, you know, the common knowledge on the way to the lake. That's right. That's right. And I tell, I've told guys before, you know, if you do get out there and you apply these principles and you're scanning and you're not seeing a lot of fish, don't get discouraged. Like continue to look in different areas for that, with that same principle, yeah. you know, don't, don't get discouraged and then throw all the, 
the the rules out the the door you know i mean there are plenty of times where we feel like fish should be doing this fish should be here and they do something else but i feel like the things that you're talking about and talking with other anglers and being in the industry and and being a former catfisher myself those things will work for you time and time again just as it it has for you i mean and and brought some of the fish in the boat that uh for these guys just like it has for you yeah absolutely um like I said, a good buddy of mine uh, told me a while, a long time ago, that's one of the first things he told me, uh, Dale Lowe. Yeah, Dale Lowe. He said, go with your gut. Yeah. Don't never second guess. You know, a lot of people make the mistake of they'll have a plan. Yep. And when you get to the lake, you just want to flip it, you know, and do yep. something totally different. And most of the time, that's a mistake. Yep, it is. I have found when I was fishing before before the brand, before Catch the Fever brand, before anything, uh, when I was beating the boat ramps, I mean, a lot of times when maybe I should have been working, <laughs> I found where I had a game plan. I looked for the conditions. And if I had like maybe a couple people that was going with me that day, sometimes I'd let other people kind of maybe get in my head and change my game plan instead of listening to my gut. That's so important because if you listen to your gut, you've done your homework or, you know, you've listened to podcasts like these tips and, and, and techniques. You went out on the water, applied it for yourself. Don't let somebody change your mind. You know, go with your gut is telling you on the water. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's okay to take other people's advice, you, you know, and, yeah. and, and mold it into what you're doing. It's a balance. Yes. Yes. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm my own biggest critic, you right. know, when it comes to right. stuff like that, if I do something and it don't work, you know, I, I documented. I noted. it. Right. And uh, it's a process of elimination. That's right. And then eventually, you know, especially if you fish the same body of water, you, you'll develop a pattern. You'll, That's right. You'll know what the fish are going to do, you know, if you fish one body of water consistently. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll wake up in the morning, you know, wind's blowing this way. I'm, and you'll already know where you need to be to start marking quality fish. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, and, and if you if you are somebody, you know, you listen to this podcast or, you know, you're 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 trying to improve your technique for, for targeting trophy catfish or you're fishing tournaments, yeah, no, definitely don't uh rule out your your partner or, or somebody who's giving you some advice. I mean, thinking differently a lot of times can help you as well. But when it comes to what you've learned and going with your gut, go with your gut and uh and work together, you know, yeah. for sure. But uh but yeah, don't overthink it. I think that's another thing Dale Lowe says. And for anybody, if you don't know who Dale Lowe is, I don't know where you've been the last <laughs> couple of years. Uh, the guy he he caught, which he has caught, the biggest catfish uh, on a big cat fever rod, which is made by our company Catch the Fever, um, at 141 pounds. Yes. I mean, just pounds away from the world record. Uh, I was glad I was able to be there that day when that fish was caught. You were there as well. Yeah, he uh he actually called me on the phone, man, and he yeah. said, "Uh, I think I just put the world record in the boat." And, um, I heard the same thing. We're like, Dale, do you do you realize what you're saying there? And he sent me a picture of Chase beside that fish, and I said, "Whoa!" I yeah. knew it was. If it wasn't, it was really close. Uh, I actually uh, I reeled all my stuff in and went to the ramp, man. Yeah, you know, I was. We did the same thing. I was pumped to see it, you know, and. Yeah. When he pulled that fish out the live well, I was like, whoa. I mean. It's one of the moments where your mind, 141-pound catfish, like your mind just 
it's trying to understand what you're seeing. Yes, I have never seen, you know, the eye, just the eyes on that fish, you know. Silver yes. dollars. Yes. Yes, it's definitely something, you know, you would not want to miss. No, you wouldn't. So, you know, Dale is somebody I plan to have here on the podcast as well. I mean, I mean you got a guy that's, uh, that's his second fish at 100 pounds, you know, who, who does really well. Um, I mean, he's a great guy, and, and, you know, anytime he's talking about catfishing, I'll listen to it too. He's got a lot of good advice. I mean, it works for him. Absolutely. Um, so back to, to, to being on the water and, and kind of dialing in your approach, uh, walking, walking us back through, you know, going to the boat ramp, looking for uh, the telltale signs that's above the water, uh, and then kind of watching the wind, getting the history on which way the wind's going. Now we've just pinned down, you know, where we're going to start fishing. Um, that's when, for you, is that when, you know, you turn your electronics on, that's when it becomes handy. Um, you know, when you're in the right location, there's different things to look for. There's shallow flats in the right location of the lake, and then there's deep ledges. There's, uh, you know, debris on the banks. Some of them are sand banks. I guess by season, that may change for what you're you're looking for. But kind of right now, we're in the month of March, coming into early spring. What 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 do you look for when you get in the right location that you feel? turn your graph on is there any type of structure yeah it's um it's still a little early for for flatheads but i don't rule them out you know uh you know depending on the water temperature you know they they start waking up you know late march early april and uh and they'll hit cup bait around here in a, in a minute yes yeah. and um during that time and another factor uh a lot of people don't talk about is whether you go shallow or deep or whatnot is current you know the current um Kerr Lake, you know, it floods a lot, a uh, ton of structure. Um, I will, I will go through there and scan, you know, and um, I will scan the structure, you know, several times on each side, you know, and on down imaging. And um, yeah. I will look for those to see if fish are holding on that structure. You know, then they might not always be hugged up to a tree or hugged up to a brush pile. Right. You know, if they're actively feeding, they might be moving around. Um, right. you know, just all, it all depends, you know, it goes back to, you know, the weather and what they're, you know, if they're actively feeding, you might have to, I like, I like to switch to drifting sometimes when they're on the move. Right. You know, and, um, but sometimes you get lucky and, um, uh, you can mark them on that structure and, uh, you know, you pull up in front of it, anchor, kind of ease back to it and throw to it and, um, have an awesome day, you know, in, in one spot sometimes. Yeah. Never have to move, really. Yeah. And um, I've had that happen at, at Kerr. You know, uh, we sat up there one night, and um, I marked a ton of fish, and um, it was in April. Yeah. I knew the flathead bite was going to pick up and all that, and um, it had been warmer. And uh, we sat in one spot up there in the flats. Anybody knows fishes Kerr knows the flat. And um, up towards the river, and uh, we caught 19, 19 flatheads and 16 blues in one spot. That's killer. Yeah. Describe that spot to me because that is something when you catch that many fish, there is something significant about that area that is attracting those fish to be there. What just, you know, obviously as fishermen, we don't want to tell where we fish and where we caught them yeah. all the time. I mean, cause I mean, there's sweat equity into finding good spots and <laughs> stuff, but for a guy, you know, who's listening 
what is significant about that spot that you think was holding the fish there that he could take and replicate on his home body of water? What do you, what do you think it was? Okay, so the general idea of the spot. Well, all right, so you got two rivers feeding Kerr Lake, Stanton River, Dan River. That's um, right. In the middle, there's a big flat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, in the summertime, uh, they keep the water level around 300. They they get it there. They start getting it there in the spring where it stays consistent. Yeah. But um, it was what I noticed is when I when I was scanning across there is there was a channel that runs between both rivers. You know, right. the, a visible channel that you could see on your side image and on mapping and on mapping. Yes. So you looked at your map, saw where, huh? This looks like a good area that I need to be fishing in. I see there's a channel on my lake mapping card. I'm going to go over there, and then you spot it on your fish finder. Yes, and um, I, I scanned it, um, side scan and uh, down imaging. And, you know, it's almost it was almost like a pathway between the two main channels. And, um, you know, it was like flat, that little secondary channel, back up to a flat. Yep. And then your river channels on both sides. So it was almost like an ambush point. Right. And um, I went up above it. Um, I scanned it, noticed there was some fish in there. Um, I went up above it, anchored, and let my rope out and kind of eased back to it, you know. Right. And then I, I fan-casted uh, the whole the whole channel and up, up on the flat. I like to get both aspects if I'm on a ledge or, you know, and like in a secondary channel. You want to end the channel, above the channel, off to the side of the channel, anywhere around it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know it. That night it was it was it was pretty wild, man. I mean, just that's fish awesome. after fish. That's awesome. There's so much good information right there. I mean, you know, a lot of times with with trying to catch catfish, you you want to find stuff that's different, and not to say they're just not roaming on a mud a mud flat that has nothing on it. If the bait's there, they will be on that mud flat. But like I tell people, you know, or even if it's in the summer, they're looking for mussels and stuff like that. You know, a, a catfish on a nothing bank is what I call it. The only reason they're going to be there is for food. But whether they're looking to feed, they just fed kind of in between those transition periods, like we're talking about, is where they'll hang out. Yes. And and if they're not, you know, feeding currently at that time, they'll go and, and sit in those areas so they don't have to travel very far to get back to the food source. Yeah, if, if the weather's stable for, you know, right. several days, your bait will hold, have a tendency to hold in a, in a you know, a rel- relatively close area. Yeah. And your catfish are not going to stray far away from the bait source. Right. You know, it's easy access, don't have to work real hard for it, you know, and they're not swimming around, you know, miles on end looking for, looking for bait. That's right. That's right. That's great. Is you know, like we just talked about, guys. I mean, there's so much good information that that Timothy's really given us to where, when we go to a spot, he's using his lake map card. That's why a good lake map card is so important. I got guys where I've had their like, hey, look, I got side imaging. Hey, look, I just got this and that. And I'm like, great. What kind of lake maps card you got? Oh man, that thing was an extra two hundred bucks. I didn't get one, and I'm thinking. That's the most important part. The mate, the lake card drains the lake for you, mm-hmm. and you're able to see every hump, every ditch, like what you're talking about. And you as an angler, you should definitely invest in a good lake maps card and a lakes, uh, a mapping unit on your unit because 
like Timothy said, he saw it on his on his lake map, said, huh, this is the right area. This looks like something different. This looks like a highway that these fish would travel. I'm going to anchor up. And it was, it was, it was a successful day. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And you know, some, even some of the best lake maps, you don't, you don't have certain lakes like mine. Right. Mine don't have Tuckertown Reservoir. Right. So Navionics is my best friend there yeah. on, on my phone. You go to Navionics app, you download that. Yes. And I have it on there and uh, it has Tuckertown. So I use it at Tuckertown, you know, and I don't have it on my depth finder. So, but. And you know it. It shows you everything a regular lake map card would. Yeah, you know, it's it's your best friend. I mean, I know people that's you know they go out there and and you just wing it, and um, then they text you the next morning, man, it was the worst night ever. You know, I didn't I didn't catch no fish, or I I caught one fish all night. You know, you know you got to know where to start. That's you right. know, in order to in order to catch the fish. That's right. I tell people all the time, if you want to get fed, you got to get in the buffet line. Absolutely. You know, you're hungry and, and you're standing out in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to find any food out there. I mean, so, uh, yeah, if you're hungry, you got to get in the buffet line. If you want to, to catch the fish, you got to get to where the fish are. Absolutely. And where they're feeding. Yeah. So that makes that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you had hit on if the weather, you know, doesn't change that month, that much. Uh, let's say today is hive. 45 outside you know the water temperature is still cold around here mm -hmm. you know uh and you got an idea of where you're going to be fishing how much how 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 far have you seen a fish like the the pattern move from where you were catching them when you have like one night or a couple days of like temperature shift where an even colder front comes through or a, a big warm front comes through yeah i've uh i've seen them I've seen them move in a, in a period of just one night, like fishing, like I get out there at six o'clock in the afternoon, you know, get my bait, get set up, actively catching fish. And then, you know, I know there's a front coming through. I, mm -hmm. I looked at the weather um, yeah. and then they just cut off like a switch. Um, you know, me looking at the weather, I anticipate that. Right. So, you know, I'm automatically thinking of what I'm going to do next, you know, and depending on the weather, um, cold front, rain, you know, something, wind coming in, you know, most of the time they'll push, my opinion, they'll push deep. Yeah. You know, they'll go deeper. So if I'm so up the on cold a cold front comes through, you generally, and then you go back to where you, you've been catching them and it's not as much activity. Your first reaction is to, let me check a little bit deeper. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, you know, and if it really throws me for a curveball, and, um, some people agree with it. Some people don't, you know, each fisherman has their own way. Um, That's right. if I'm, if I'm kind of stumped on what to do as far as like, they've really moved on me a lot. If weather's permitting, I'll put a drift sock out. Right. I'll start covering water. Right. And for anybody who's, who's just starting out, a drift sock is, uh, if you, you can Google uh, a drift sock, uh, you throw it out either behind your boat or on the side of your boat and you're you're not anchored up you're letting the wind push the side of the boat and it's slowing you down you know one thing you can do in the winter time is uh drift too fast for catfish absolutely their metabolism slows down and they want to 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 get that bait a lot slower they have to look at it for an extra second yeah. so you can throw that drift sock out and it will slow you down you know to where you're not 
running the baits right by the fish. It, it gives them a second to absolutely. React. Yeah. How how when you when you talk about drifting, um, how fast do you normally drift? What's like the standard, and then you will go up to this speed like during the summer when they're more active, and then you know what's what what's what's the norm for you? My norm is around between point five and point seven. Um, that's the norm. And you're uh, looking at your fish finder to make sure that you're staying at that speed. Absolutely, yes. And um, winds up, I'll put a drift sock out. I usually put one out anyway because it helps with boat control. Right. You know, if you're using a trolling motor, um, helps keep the boat straight and um, right. keeps you a nice spread on the back with the uh, planter boards. And um, winter time, I'll slow it down, um, especially if I know the bite's going to be slow um point two point three you know i'll come to a pretty much a creek and um it gives it gives the bait plenty of time to get in front of the fish right and the fish to to make a decision you know whether they want to bite it or just let it go on by that's right that's exactly right that's good information timothy man that's good and you mentioned bait you know a lot of guys um they ask about what's the best bait you know for catching trophy catfish and i've always told them that you know it's it's what's native to to your body of water uh and that's also legal um you know so check your regulations before you use a certain species in, in a, on a body of water but uh whatever's natural to that body of water is normally a good bait uh for the majority since you travel quite a bit going to different lakes and do really well at these places what's your go-to bait that you're definitely going to have you know when when you're when you're fishing tournaments or if you're fishing for yourself well like you said it it, it resorts back to where you're going um mm-hmm. some baits uh work way better at certain lakes than other ones do um for instance i've had real good success with crappy at say lake gaston yep um or big white perch you know mm-hmm. um Kerr lake um springtime uh late winter i love white perch air um transition starts you know spring spring to summer I'll, i like to switch to shad or or you know if i'm targeting flatheads brim live yeah. brim sunfish yep you know whatever the case may be um and uh, even a big crappy you know that's you right know, as long as it's over the legal limit absolutely you know and um but you know the majority you, know, you always want to have some fresh shad i mean this yeah you know if, if i had to choose it would be between shad or white perch right to take anywhere to in order to fish yeah that's that's what i would say is as well and i think another thing that sometimes guys over uh overlook is what season are you in because for me when i was fishing all the time that made a big decision on what i did use like for instance we all know around here in north carolina uh when it gets starts you know around uh, April and stuff, the, the crappies start going up on the, like close to the banks. They're, they're looking to start spawning mm-hmm. and those catfish know that. And that's a time where they key in on crappie. So knowing a little bit about what species is doing, what can trigger, you know, what, what the catfish are going after, you know, springtime, I feel like, uh, when those crappie are right up on the bank, I will fish closer to the bank with crappie. I'm not going to go out there and fish with something that's not local to that body of water uh, deep when, you know, I can be on the bank where those crappier are, are, are at, and then I'm going to give them something that they're naturally going to see that time of year, you know, shallow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
a lot of people overlook that when they go, you know, they don't, mm -hmm. they don't think about what the other native fish are doing. Right. Um, and timing's a big, you know, a big factor in that. If, right. you, you know, I've seen be anchored up in a Creek or something, uh, you know, three, four foot of water. Mm -hmm. And you can sometimes see the catfish over on the bank, just that's, ambushing that's right. something, you know, that's a lot right. of activity. And, um, if you, if you watch stuff like that, I mean, the catfish will pretty much tell you what to do, you know. Exactly, exactly. And it's really just an observation. You know, how many times have you walked when this summertime, you walk down to the, the boat dock and you look at the water and you see the sunfish like right around the dock. That lets me know, you know, if, if I'm fishing shallow or around the rivers or anywhere, you know, like that, I know the brim and the sunfish are shallow. In the wintertime, those sunfish stuff, they go deeper, you know, 25, 30 foot. Absolutely. So for me, sometimes I always thought, you know, ah, brim wouldn't be a good wintertime bait. But if I was going to use brim, I would use it in deeper water because in the wintertime, brim go deep. And that's where they go. Those catfish are still eating brim. They may prefer a shad, but they are still eating them. And so fishing with that bait, for listeners, you know, I think fishing with that bait where the fish are used to seeing it plays a big role. Absolutely. Um, another thing is uh, the a lot of people don't like it, but I'm okay with it. Is is the mayfly hatch? You know. Oh, this is a good. I know where you're going with this. This um, is good stuff. Mayflies. It's good information. They they tend to hatch a, a lot on the banks of Kerr Lake. Right. Um, and if you pay attention, you know, you'll look up under the tree, especially if it's hanging over the water. And it'll be a ton of bait fish there. I mean, just, you know, you could drop a worm in there and just, you pull them out with a bare hook probably. Yep. And, um, you know, it goes back to bait fish. You know, if bait fish are there, the catfish are not far away. That's exactly right. You know, and I, and I use, I use that tool, especially if, if I'm trying to catch bait, I will find a mayfly nest near over the water and I will go there and I'll, you know, you can catch 50 brim in a matter of no time. Yep. You know, and then you're all fishing. Yep. But that also tells you where the catfish are going to be. Or, or if they're not there, they're not far from it. That's exactly right. My my business partner and good friend, Tony Caton, we was going fishing one time. And uh, we saw a may, mayflies hatch off this big rock down by the river. And they were swarming this rock. And this rock was just completely covered. It had just went down before us. And the water was exploding. We stopped and just witnessed it. And it was brim and bluegill just grabbing them off the top of the water. It was the, it was like striper hitting shad on top of the water. And that is exactly what I feel like what you're talking about. You know, don't get out there and see the mayflies and be like, oh, man, these stupid mayflies. You know, I'm trying to maybe a good bait to use would be a sunfish, something that would be feeding on those mayflies, perch feed on mayflies as well maybe say look i'm gonna go tomorrow and i'm gonna target that mayfly area where there was a bunch of mayflies and i'm gonna use something that's eating mayflies yeah because the catfish in that area are going to be eating that absolutely and um that's killer information yes and uh you know it don't a lot of people don't like them they're inconvenience you know they, they love the lights on your boat they can be an yes. inconvenience and uh but they can also tell you a lot of information yes and they i mean you know they're your best friend when you go to catch bait. I mean, right. you can drop a, you know, you can drop a bear hook there and, uh, you know, catch, bring them back to back to back sunfish, you know, bluegill. And, um, you know, I'm not against going right up above that mayfly nest, 
turn around and throw the same brim right back out on the hook. Sure. And you know, absolutely. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, um, once you get good at catching bait, one a lot of times he said where he catches his biggest fish is he'll catch bait and then he'll fish right there. He said, you know, if the bait's there, the big fish are there. He said, I'll just kind of transition over, you know, but be in that same area and, and do really well. You yeah. know, so you know, don't always catch your bait and turn around and go 20 minutes up the, the water. I mean, maybe it's a good spot to fish. And, you know, you don't know how many stories I've, I've heard personally of people catching bait and catching a 30 or 40 pound fish in right. the net, you know? Right. Or how many crappy fishermen were crappy fishing and hooked a big flathead. Absolutely. Over the same, un, under the same bush that they were pulling the crappy out of. Yeah. And you know that, yeah, you, you throw the net and you disturb the water for a little while, but that's still something you need to put in the back of your head when you, when it's time to catfish. That's right. You know, I mean, if, if the, if the catfish are up under that bridge or near that rock pile, I mean, they're there actively feeding because you already know the bait's there. Right. You know, they're, they're there for a reason. And, um, it's, it's, it's usually a good idea to go back and maybe target that area, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been, uh, an awesome podcast. I mean, I, I know with your experience, Timothy, and, and we could seriously sit here for hours and just dive into so many things, but we got to have more episodes for other things, you know, going down the road. So Absolutely. just in summary, guys, of, of what Timothy has shared his wealth of knowledge about is, you know, when you get into the, the body of water, be looking on the way for, uh, you know, how you feel that, you know, the fish are going to be reacting by, by looking at nature, you know, cows, whether they're standing up, whether there's deer activity. When you get there, look at which way the wind's blowing or pull out your phone on your, uh, you can do uh, an app for weather and see the past few days what the wind's been doing. Look at the, the, the water and see which way the wind's pushing it. Then once you're, you know, you put your boat in, have an idea for what season you're in and 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 in which direction you're going to be going in the lake. Mm-hmm. And then once you get there, uh, you know, use your lake mapping to see if you can figure out any structure that could be different. And I tell guys, you know, people get confused between structure and cover. Structure is the bottom contour when it changes. Cover is stuff like brush piles and log jams and stuff. So, but use your lake maps to to find structure those different transitions like you just mentioned where there was a ditch that you were able to spot you scanned it there was fish there so you fished it use that information to put you in the right area and then pinpoint where you're going to fish and then also for bait what you're going to actually fish with them for know about what time of the year if there's anything currently running a, a bait fish that's more dominant in that area um, and, and try to have that bait available for those fish. And if you can't, it's always a good idea, like Timothy said, to have uh, shad uh, in the boat um, and use those things uh, to, to, to find trophy catfish. Absolutely. So, well, that's all good information, guys. And I'm so glad that uh, you joined us here uh, on the Fish and Fuel podcast. We're going to be having more discussions. I'm going to be talking with more, um, you know, great anglers that target trophy catfish. Uh, and also, Timothy, you've been, you've been using our, our, our products for a while, Catch Fever products. You know, Absolutely. What, just real quick, I, I know we'll, we'll end up doing another podcast where we're talking about the gear, but what, what rods by Catch Fever are you using and running to target trophy catfish? 
Uh, right now I'm using the medium heavy uh, Hellcat rods. Yeah. The carbon wrap. Yep. Um, love them. They're great for reservoirs, rivers. I've thrown up to 14 and 16 ounce weights off of them. Yeah. You know, they, they can handle anything you throw at them. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. Um, you know, they're, they're reliable. Got the real sensitive tip. Um, you know, you can, you can feel the fish during the fight. You know, it's, yeah. it's not just like a stiff stick, so to speak. Right. It's, it, it amazes me, you know, when people say, oh, you know, all the catfish rods are the same. It's all, it's all the same. The rod design and how it loads up when you're using circle hooks or, you know, it's, it's critical that a rod with, you know, that will properly load up will catch you more fish. And one that loads up and gets the hook in, now that part's done. But you've got to also have a rod that gives you control to be able to maneuver a fish if you have to. Absolutely. Uh, the backbone backbone is real key when you're fighting a fish. Right. That uh, that sensitive tip, you know, fish or fish fish can be real finicky, and uh, you know, if you have a real stiff stiff tip, you know, and they they tug on it a little bit and feel that hook or feel something that's not right, they're gonna drop it and go the other way. You know, that ability to for that fish to you know it's too late once he feels it. You know, the rod's loaded up the hooks, you know, the hooks in him and then, you know, his game on. Right. And, um, that's, you know, I got a good video of that on YouTube that, you know, that shows that rod, you know, the way it loads up. And, um, you know, once it, once it lays over, I, I have a hundred percent confidence that that fish is on there. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, that's, it's done its job. That's the, you know, that's only half of the battle, of course, getting the fish in, you know, and, um, I've had 70, you know, 72 pound fish at the James river and heavy current on that same medium, heavy rod and had no issues at all. That's great. That's great. And if, if you're listening, you want to find out more about the Hellcat rods, you can go to catchfever.com. Uh, they've been a very successful, uh, rod model for cat fishermen. There was a lot of research that went in. We've got videos where we flew those uh, rods to Idaho, I mean, getting feedback and testing them on Hills Canyon. Um, I mean, they, them rods have been all over the country before we released them. We really put the R and D in. I'm glad to hear that that's, that's, you're really enjoying them. And, uh, Timothy also, there's a big tournament that's going on for, if you're a listener, you want to come meet Timothy and you want to talk to him or, and fish a great tournament. What's this tournament that you got going on? Uh, what's the name, the date and location? Um, we actually have two a good friend of mine is putting one on April 30th at a uh, Lake Tillery, uh, King of Tillery tournament. Um, it's a night tournament, 7 PM to 8 AM. Um, last year, the first place took home right at $10,000. That's pretty good for a day fishing. Absolutely, fishing. man. And, um, you know, it was Tillery's an awesome place in the springtime. I mean, monster flatheads, uh, my PB flathead come from there actually. Yeah. Um, and some real nice blues. And then um, September, first weekend in September, we got the Flathead Tournament that Team Mako is putting on. Uh, flathead only at Kerr Lake. And um, they should be off the spawn, and they should be hungry by then. They should be chewing. Absolutely. It's a uh, 100% payback. We keep nothing. That's awesome, man. Uh, it's for the fishermen. Absolutely. Everything we get from our sponsors, we're giving away. They don't even have to buy a raffle ticket. That's killer. That is, Absolutely. that is so awesome. And we'll make sure that there's plenty of catch fever gear there. Uh, Timothy and, 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 and the crew from, uh, 
Team Mako Fishing and C2 Outdoor. I mean, you guys just do a lot. I mean, for, for, for being involved with the anglers and putting something on, I think that's awesome. So, guys, again, thank you so much for, for uh, tuning in on this episode. I look forward to talking with more anglers and having Timothy back to really go over a lot more techniques. Uh, and sometime, you know, on the next one, we, you know, we may talk about river fishing. Absolutely. There's still a lot of knowledge here that Timothy's got that he can just share with. Today was just a chip off the iceberg. Uh, if you want to listen to more Fish and Fuel uh, podcasts, uh, be sure to check us out on uh, the popular podcast channel, Spotify. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook page, Fish and Fuel, and also TikTok and Instagram. So if you've got those social media accounts, be sure to go in there, check out this episode and uh in other episodes and 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 stay tuned and connected to to when new episodes drop that uh i feel like you know it's going to really help anglers catch more fish absolutely well timothy thank you so much for coming in here today guys we appreciate you watching and uh, also leave us some feedback uh below and let us know how we're doing and uh what maybe you might want to hear next on the next fish and fuel podcast